Our God is a missionary God, and we are His missionary people. You're listening to The Scent Life, the official podcast of the Center for Great Commission Studies at Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary. Hey, welcome back to The Scent Life. We appreciate you joining us as we continue on our our mini-series, I guess, if you would, uh, going together, where as we run up to or in the run-up to our annual meeting in Anaheim, California of the Southern Baptist Convention, we just want to talk about and explore cooperation, explore the way that we go together as Southern Baptists to accomplish uh, and to seek to achieve this one sacred effort which is getting the gospel to those who need to hear it. Uh, the last several episodes, if you missed them, you can go back and, and, uh, and listen to those. We've really talked about in a really high level what it means uh, for us to cooperate and, and how the Bible supports this and what the theological uh, basis and ramifications for cooperation. But today we thought we would get a little bit more practical. How is it that Southern Baptists actually do cooperate for uh, for the sake of the mission. The last podcast we talked about how partnership was the uh, was the assumed posture in the New Testament uh, for accomplishing the mission. Uh, and then this episode, it's okay, but how do we do that? Because we didn't make the case, Keelan, last time that the only way to partner was the way we do it in the Southern Baptist Convention. But we do kind of think the way that we do it in the Southern Baptist Convention is a pretty good way. Yeah, I think it's it's prudent, right? Like this seems to be a good way to to hang all this stuff together, and. When we do this, um, we've talked why. Let's talk how, right? How do we actually accomplish these things as a denomination? So if we're together for the sake of this cooperative effort, Mm -hmm. what are the ways? Maybe we start high level and then seed our way down into some conversation about how your local church is a piece of this, right? What are the ways from an institutional level, we in the... the, we don't want to use the word denomination necessarily, but we in, in our the convention, convention structures, yeah, right? our convention of churches, how how do we facilitate that through the entities and things that we have? I think it's a place to start, right? So, Scott, give us a quick rundown <laughs> on our entities and, and some of the stuff that we have out there to help facilitate this cooperative mission. Yeah, sure. It's easy to think about the, the Southern Baptist Convention. Again, when you're talking about fifty to 60,000 churches and whatever, 10 million, 15 million Southern Baptists and hundreds of millions of dollars and tens of thousands of employees stretched across all uh, everything that we do. It's really easy to say, and this is a real top-down bureaucracy, mm-hmm. right? It is a massive organization and a massive undertaking, again, multi-hundreds of millions of dollars that, uh, that get at this thing. And those are true statements. So, it requires organization, it requires uh, uh, leadership, it requires rules and regulations, but at its core, we're a cooperative organization. That is that we volunteer voluntarily come together to say, I want to be part of that thing, I want to be part of that thing, I want to be part of that thing, and we cooperate together to do this. Now, how do we cooperate? Well, one of the fundamental ways that we cooperate in the Southern Baptist Convention is through what we call our cooperative program which is a financial giving program. Um, you, your, your church each week takes an offering, and a portion of that offering is sent to uh, through your state convention uh, to the national convention as part of what we call our cooperative program. It's the way that we, as Southern Baptist churches all around uh, America, uh, partner together for financially for the mission. 
uh, you can uh, your your state convention will give you instructions of how they divide their the resources up, and you can see how each of these uh, each of these go to support missions. But that really is one way that we do it. It's this financial giving. It's 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 kind of the the litmus test. It's the card that we use in the denomination for cooperation. But it's not the only way that yeah, we that's cooperate. Right. That's right. So if if you look at the cooperative program, then that's the right place to start when we talk about how how we actually accomplish this. Right is with the cooperative program itself. Uh, I think we can think of it as the gas tank, maybe. Uh, We've got to have fuel in order to be able to facilitate this cooperative endeavor that we're after. And the cooperative program is is the it's the tank that we put the, the gas in to run it. It's Maybe also one of our initial ways that we we say, hey, I'm in. Right. Uh, we Our church wants to voluntarily associate with, with this thing. Well, let's start participating in the cooperative program so that we can be a part of what's what's happening here. But past the the cooperative program itself, that then facilitates for us different entities that allow us to accomplish different portions of this this task. That's exactly right. You know, we, we while cooperation and partnership may be more than financial, it's never less than that. That's right. Uh, so there is this this notion of uh, of our cooperating together through the cooperative program. But how does it work? Well, when you think about, if you were to take the uh, the amount of money uh, that goes through the cooperative program and the personnel resources that go from our churches and our state conventions to the national level, um, the the cooperation. There, there are ways that that uh, that pie, if you would, is divided up, but it's really divided like 75 plus percent of the cooperative program really goes to three elements of our Southern Baptist Convention. Fifty-one percent right. of what goes to the national convention goes to our international mission board. Now, it used to be 50 percent, but several years ago, uh, we decided as a denomination we wanted to be more than just half in. We wanted to be uh, 51% in, right, all the way in to show that that our international missions uh, is our priority as a denomination. So 51% of what we uh, take to the uh, to the national level goes to our international yeah, mission. Yeah, anytime board. you see that 51% of anything, we're actually making a statement with That's that, right. aren't we? That's right. And I, uh, frankly, I love that statement that we're making as a denomination, that we're going to take the majority, because right. that's the majority, that's right? right? We're going to take the majority of our shared resources, and we're going to focus on making sure that the gospel gets to the ends of the earth. Right. I love that we do that, but that's you're right. That 51% is a way that we've said structurally, we want to show you what our first priority here is a group of churches together. That's right. So then another significant percentage, about 25 or so percent, would then go to our North American Mission Board, and another, I don't know, 20 or so percent would go uh, to our six Southern Baptist seminaries. And again, this is the mother load, the lion's share of the way that that cooperative program work. But how does, so beyond then finances, how do each of these uh, entities facilitate cooperation? I think there's several ways uh, to, to unpack it. We don't want to get too too detailed or too nerdy, but we think first of all about our international and our North American mission board. Understand this, that, uh, that they are charged by the denomination to send missionaries, to send church planters, um, into areas that need to have the gospel. They have different strategies, right, for how to do this. Our North American Mission Board has our SEND network, which does church planting, our SEND relief, which does mercy ministries. They have some collegiate ministries. Our International Mission Board is focused internationally with different affinity groups around the world. But we're sending, but who are we sending? We're only sending Southern Baptists. We're only sending people who come out of Southern Baptist churches. Right, and so here is something that... 
it may be assumed by a lot of folk actually in the conversations or people that would might be listening to this. But think through this for just a minute. The, that's the how of mm-hmm. facilitating for these local churches right. a, a cooperative effort to do this. The people that are sent by the International Mission Board, the North American Mission Board, uh, to do these great commission ministries, these great commission tasks to spread the gospel uh, to the ends of the earth, those people, they start in our pews. Right. And so there's this connection through the whole process where each local church that voluntarily associates together has a role mm-hmm. in helping facilitate for the whole by sending through these structures, and these structures mm-hmm. then facilitate for the church, they magnify for every church in our denomination has access right. to these uh, different pathways for sending. That's right. Yeah, for example, our, the, the, the mission statement of our International Mission Board is that they serve the local church of the Southern Baptist Convention as the local churches uh, accomplish or seek to accomplish uh, God's mission. Now, I probably butchered their, their <laughs> statement. But the real key point is that, that the focus of the International Mission was that they serve the churches of the denomination or the convention who are then seeking to accomplish uh the mission. So this is the way that we partner, right? There's a financial partnership. So 51% yep. goes to the uh, goes to the International Mission Board, and a certain percentage goes to the North American Mission Board. But we partner with personnel as well. You know, I go to a really big church in in the area. You go to a big church in the area. But the fact of the matter is, we could not do what we do for missions by ourselves, without question. And and the the teams that our missionaries serve on right now are not simply made up of people from my church. Nope. They're made up of people from other Southern Baptist churches. So just like in the New Testament, where we find Paul on his missionary journey with different people from different churches, our International and North American Mission Board is accomplishing the mission in the same vein with the same attitude, partnering together as Southern Baptists come together to accomplish the mission. This is one of the things that really excites me about the way we think about cooperative Great Commission work and our our collection of churches is uh, the ability for us to work alongside people from all these other churches and the facilitating that can occur because of the way that we've got this structure set up, it means I don't care how small your church is. Uh, I think there's this accusation that only big churches can really be involved Mm -hmm. in these kind of things, or there's this assumption if you're in a normative-sized church, I don't Mm -hmm. want to say a small church, uh, I want to say a normative-sized church because we know that the vast majority of our churches, the vast majority of them, are really sitting somewhere like 150 people Mm -hmm. or less. And if that's the case, this structure allows you as a regular church Mm -hmm. to do some pretty amazing things. How do we get somebody to Kuala Lumpur? How do we get people stationed all over the world? How do we provide the kind of theological education necessary to be able to go translate the Bible somewhere into a foreign language? How do we do those things as a church of 70 people? Right. The cooperative program. That's exactly. It right. facilitates it through these different entities. That's right. So as your pastor or you as a pastor, when you stand up on Sunday morning and you preach and you call your congregation to respond to God's mission, some couple or some individual in your church says, God's called me to be a missionary, you don't the burden doesn't rest on you as a church alone right. to send that person overseas. So God can call any person from any church in the Southern Baptist Convention to reach any place in the world. And we partner together to make sure that that happens. It's us working together, going together to accomplish God's mission. Yeah, that's absolutely right. One of the things that I really love to tell guys that are in some of those regular-sized churches is the fact that the the Southern Baptist Convention, being able to voluntarily associate in this way, it should give you confidence that you can actually stand in your pulpit and say to your people, 
if God's calling you to the nations, we'll get you there. Right. That's exactly right. Yeah. And so it's a freeing thing to mm-hmm. be able to be a part of something like that if you know that your task is to raise people up out of your pews. Right. So now let's ask the next question, right? This is what I get regularly. Okay. People say, I see how the North American Mission Board, the International Mission Board fits within cooperation. What about the seminaries? I mean, we got six seminaries spread across uh, the United States. How does this facilitate cooperation? And I really like that question because it gives me a chance to say, well, the person that's standing in your pulpit or your staff, do we want them theologically trained or not theologically trained? The answer to that tends to be, we would like them to have some training. You know, now that we're talking about my own pastor, (laughs) I think I do want them to have one. Right. And so, but education is expensive. Sure. If you look at non-denominational theological schools in North America, they are very expensive. Mm-hmm. How how does a young man or a young lady train themselves for ministry, um, and then go to a not a school that's not um, uh, underwritten partially by the cooperative program? They take out student loans, yep. or it takes them longer to get through their degree. Um, or uh, they're unable to accomplish it for financial reasons. But instead, in the, in the Southern Baptist Convention, what we've said is we want every church to have the opportunity to have a pastor and a church staff who have world-class training and education. And they can do this in an affordable fashion. How? Because cooperatively, we're able to give so that that expense for education is lessened. It actually allows a small church uh, in a smaller town to be able to hire a pastor who's been theologically trained, who doesn't carry in mega student loans so they Absolutely. can actually pay a reasonable salary and this guy can live in a place that he's not paying back half of his salary into student loans. So we're working together to try to ensure to raise the bar that our missionaries, that our church planters, that our pastors, that our pastoral staff have world-class theological education and ministry training in a way that's affordable. We can't all... Uh, afford to do it. So how do we do it? We cooperate. We partner together. Again, it's for the mission. Though. Right. Yeah, that's exactly right. Uh, it's, I think, so to, to distill what you just said, folks, uh, hear him say this, the cooperative program allows us at our seminaries to be able to subsidize the cost of theological education. So it mm-hmm. winds up being a whole lot cheaper for Southern Baptists mm-hmm. to be able to come to one of our schools than it is to go to a regular seminary somewhere else mm-hmm. that's not part of this cooperative effort. And what that means essentially is other churches have promised to give your church members a scholarship right. if they go to do theological education somewhere. And that's the promise we've made to one another through being able to do this. And it, it does. It helps equip for the mission. Uh, now, let's drill down a bit, though. Sure, yeah. This is some high-level conversations, yeah. right? This is what happens at the, the national uh, convention level. But how does a local church really lean into this pattern of voluntarily associating, voluntarily cooperating with people? Yeah, so Scott, I'm loaded for bear on this one. In Go fact, for it. this is one of those questions that I got so often when I was doing associational ministry is how do we as a local church really lean into this idea of cooperative work? Well, one, we've talked about the various ways that you cooperate, right? So financially, you've got human resource, you've got prayer support, you've got those kind of things. So think in those categories. That's going to be step Mm -hmm. one in this conversation. But now, how do we provide? Mm -hmm. Cooperative program uh, provides financially. How do we engage, Mm -hmm. say, our personnel, our people, our our pew sitters in this this task? Uh, One of the things that I want to encourage churches to consider is if we're all part of the same sacred effort, Mm -hmm. uh, then you have a, a gospel responsibility, to provide those who will be sent. Mm -hmm. 
well, then we need to create some form of processes and culture in our church that actually leans seriously into that idea. Uh, now, we pray for the ones that are sent from other churches. We help financially support the ones that are sent from other churches. That's real cooperation, folks. Mm-hmm. I don't want to suggest that praying is not real cooperation. That's false. Uh, I also don't want to suggest that financially supporting somebody from somebody else's church to go is uh, not real cooperation. It absolutely is. However, you're holding something back as a church if you're not willing to give of your own people. Good point. And so what we need to do is think through seriously how we're going to do that. I want to encourage you to ask the question, who is our next missionary? Who is our next church planter? And start a process of what I tend to refer to for churches as identification. Uh, being ascending church rests on kind of four planks, in my opinion. You identify people from within inside your congregation. You equip those people to adequately engage in the mission. You send them. You release them. You don't just hold on to them to scale up your own ministry. And then you continue to support those folk in this cooperative effort. You continue to be a part of a partnership here to engage them. And so I want to say, man, we really need to have churches that think seriously through those four tasks. How do I operationalize being a part of this cooperation? If I'm a local church leader or a pastor, what does it look like for us to lean in? Start with those four things. Identify from within your own congregation those that perhaps are called by God to be sent to the nations, uh, to your neighbors, to plant a church in another city and start a process of equipping and assessing, of course, and equipping those people to do that. Now, there are ways that we could cooperatively equip together. And this is a thing that I like to help churches turn a corner on because churches sometimes will get, oh, hey, we need, to, we need to be sending from our own pews. Right. Great. And then they get to this point where they're like, but we is, because, you know, we're a church of 70 people, we don't have the the resources here to have some kind of big residency program or something to that effect. And this is a point where I think our our local associations, Mm. a thing that we often forget even exist, uh, they really help facilitate for us the initial phases of some of the equipping that we would do for sending, right? What does it look like for you and three or four or five other churches in your own city to gather together? Maybe maybe I've only got one. Mm. I've got one person. I'm not some 15,000-person church out here that's got 25 people a, a, a year that are thinking about going to be a missionary. I've got one. Okay, well, you and four other churches in town have one. Put them together, and now you've got a cohort of five. And how do we cooperatively work together to get them the equipping necessary to start this process? And so there are steps that you can take, even at that level, to start equipping them to go. Well, when we get to the send in the process, that's really where some of these national structures start to become a real help to us, right? At that level, we're connecting those that we've identified, assessed, and began to equip to some of these real partnership opportunities that we find in our national entities. And then, of course, we continue to support them in the task. We don't kick them out the door and forget they exist, right? And there's a number of ways that we can talk about advocating for them and and staying connected to the work that they're doing. Uh, but that's kind of the cycle that I would suggest to churches to think through those three, four phases. Yeah, that's perfect. Yeah, and so as we think about uh, the practical elements of cooperation, we just want to say to you, as you stand in the pulpit Sunday after Sunday and you preach, or if you're in a youth uh, ministry or student ministry role, or if you're a Sunday school teacher or small group leader, you should uh, have full confidence that you can call uh, any person who's listening to you to respond to God's call to their ministry, to ministry, to respond to God's call to missions, and know that you have a denomination. Uh, cooperating together, a convention cooperating together, 
uh, for the sake of training, equipping, sending, uh, and continuing to support along the way. So we are in this together as we go together uh, to try to fulfill this one sacred effort uh, as Southern Baptists. Thanks a ton for tuning in to this episode of Our Sent Life. Again, we would encourage you through this season especially, as we are all uh, thinking about going together, uh, to, to, to join in and to listen to some of our other podcasts from Southeastern Seminary, to our Pastors Matter podcast and to our Christ and Culture podcast. As collectively, we're all trying to explore, we're not trying to, we are exploring how we go together. Uh, and all of this is in lead up to our annual meeting uh, in Anaheim, California, the Southern Baptist Convention. So we're praying that God would be glorified, that his name would be honored as we as Southern Baptists get together and as we collectively uh, seek to find the best way uh, to go together to accomplish his mission. Thanks a ton for tuning in this week.